Now, you said 75% of the world. Now, I just read the other day that the world just tipped 8 billion people. So you're saying 75% of 8 billion are orality learners. It's, it's crazy to think about, and you could even go deeper into that. I would say if we're talking about the unreached, the unreached, unengaged, there's estimates that probably 90% of the world's remaining unreached and unengaged people groups are within these oral cultures. This is Let's Go 360. Your entryway into where and how the gospel is being spread around the world, here, near, and far. Presented by Christ Church of the Valley, also known as CCV. One church with locations across the greater Phoenix area with plans to expand wherever God wants them to go. For more than 20 years, our host has committed his life to this cause. Here is your host and lead missions pastor of global and local missions at CCV, Larry Fraley. Well, welcome to this episode of Let's Go 360. I'm so excited about today because today I get to talk with someone who has spent his life reaching the unreached people groups. And and also, I've known this young man for many years, probably back, oh, I'd say when he was even in high school, because I've had the privilege to working with his dad. In fact, his dad is the senior pastor at First Christian Church, which is the very first church that I visited here back in 1977. And it was at that church that I met a man by the name of Don Wilson. I know many of you know that name. He was the senior pastor here uh, at CCV and the founder um, and just recently left, I'd say just, I don't know, five years ago. And so I've had the opportunity working with Don and being associated with CCV and being help, uh, helped start the church back in 1982. And so today brings back some memories of a church that I first uh, attended back when I came to Phoenix from Cincinnati uh, in 1977. Today with us is Micah Foreman. Now, Micah grew up in the mission field in Southeast Asia He returned to Southeast Asia after college um, with a large tribal unreached people group. It was there that that Micah and his team ran up against a non-literacy and oral culture. Now, this was the beginning of his journey to understand, celebrate, and make the gospel come alive to oral cultures. Micah currently travels internationally with Scriptures in Use, an organization that trains leaders to use the oral arts, storytelling, poetry, song, dance, and drama to evangelize, disciple, plant churches, and train leaders. This is all for the purpose of starting disciple-making movements among the least-reached people of the world. And so today with me is Micah. Micah, welcome to the show. Yeah, it's good to be here. Hey, tell us a little bit about your journey. Now, I know I summarized that, mm-hmm. but tell us about your your story, uh, maybe a little bit about your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's definitely been a wild ride. Um, grew up on the field, um, went to school, and I feel like the Lord really got a hold of my heart in college and uh, just kind of sensed that he was doing something around the world and just didn't want to miss out on what he was doing. And so my wife and I met in college, and we were uh, equipped and sent out by a local church in Missouri. And like you said, we went and worked with a tribal group in Southeast Asia. 
And, uh, you know, went to, went to Bible school and had all kinds of training uh, during and after Bible college. And we got to the field and, man, we, we started interacting with these, these tribal people. And it was, it, was, it was crazy to see how much or how little training we had had to be able to work with and move the gospel forward among people that had no desire to read and write and learn that way. And so that was kind of the beginning of our journey. We kind of felt like we had to start over from square one um, after after all of our training. And the more and more we learned, the more excited we got. And uh, yeah, so that was kind of uh, our journey there. And we ended up coming back off the field for just some health reasons. And uh, after searching around and just trying to figure out where God wanted me, I got connected to this this ministry called Scriptures in Use. And when I started, my dad actually introduced me to them. And uh, when I looked at their training, very quickly I recognized this was something that I needed before I had gone over. And so the deeper and deeper I got into it, I said, man, I, I, wanna, I want to really own this because I want to give people what I needed when I was working with this tribal group. And so that's kind of how, that's kind of how I got connected to Scriptures in Use. So, well, Can you tell us a little bit about the history of Scriptures in Use? How did it get started? Yeah. So... Jim and Carla Bowman were the founders, and uh, they actually, uh, they were hippies growing up, and they got saved in the hippie movement in Calvary Chapel out in California. And um, so he, as a young believer, uh, heard that there were people around the world that hadn't heard about Jesus and, and uh, decided to go down there. So they went down into the tribal groups in, in central northern Mexico and they very quickly realized they were doing Bible translation and and Jesus projects and you know, quickly realized that these people couldn't read and write. And so Jim was a, a media guy. And so he started, they started doing stuff with the Jesus film and they just kind of went, he didn't have much training, ministry training. And so he just went kind of like an open book and realized that these people couldn't read and write and didn't really have a desire to learn. And so there was this really tight bottleneck of those could actually grow deeper in their faith. And so they just started learning about oral cultures, you know, trial and error, and just stumbled across something. And Jim was actually part of one of the uh, founding fathers of the International Orality Network, um, and he helped get that going. Uh, and so, you know, they they saw movements happen in, in several different tribal groups in Mexico, and then word started to spread, and they got invitations into Africa and India, and they said, well, I wonder if this will work in different cultures. And so they tried it there, and there were movements that happened and explosive growth, not just wide but deep. And so the more it happened in these different areas, the the more the word spread, and it was all word of mouth, and they just got invitations to different areas. And you know, third that was thirty five years ago where they started, and just the just the uh, the learner spirit uh, that Jim and Carla had is just was infectious, and they uh, they built something that. Uh, I, I kind of feel like I'm standing on their shoulders and <laughs> getting to, to reap the fruit of their, uh, their willingness to learn and start, start from scratch and figure out what, what is this whole orality thing that has kind of become a buzzword, uh, since then. So, well, that's, that's what we need to discuss next. What is orality work? You know, our listeners are so used to, uh, missionaries going into, you know, a community and starting a church and and uh, helping mm-hmm. uh, translate a language, but yet this term orality is something that we don't we don't hear a lot in mm-hmm. the local church here. Yeah, so it's well, a lot of people will use 
illiterate, you know, there's literate people and there's illiterate people. And, and I've kind of shied away from using that distinction. Uh, we like to use the word oral preference. And it's this idea that probably about 75% of the world's entire population, 75% are oral preference learners. And so what we say by that is you have, how do you prefer to learn? Um, and even people that can read and write may prefer to learn orally uh, through conversation and dialogue or or hands-on experience. And so even if someone is literate, uh, they may still prefer to learn a different way. And then you have people that are non-literate. Uh, they literally cannot read and write. And so by default, they are oral preference. There's no other way they can learn. And so um, it's this idea that they pass on, we pass on things that reality, things we care about, our way of life, who we are as a people, our culture are passed on through non-Western literate styles of, of learning. So story time, drama, arts, uh, poetry, there's all kinds of things. Um, and as opposed to Western learning styles that we honestly learn in school, like lecture and uh, uh, writing a paper summary, there's all different kinds of ways of learning. Uh, so that's kind of the nutshell version of what orality is. Now, you said 75% of the world. Now, I just read the other day that the world just tipped 8 billion people. Mm -hmm. So you're saying 75% of 8 billion mm -hmm. are orality learners, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy to think about. And you could even go deeper into that. I would say if we're talking about the unreached, the unreached, unengaged, there's estimates that probably 90% of the world's remaining unreached and unengaged people groups are within these oral cultures. So when you say unreached, define that. Well, uh, I don't know what the latest terminology is, but it would be some uh, people group that has what less than less than five percent of our believers. Yeah, and so so of those unreached people groups, you've got um, ninety percent of them that either don't know how to read or write, but or would prefer to have someone mm -hmm. orally teach them. I guess when I think about it, the the church started that way, right? I mean, mm -hmm. when Jesus came, mm -hmm. um, there was really nothing written down. So after he was gone for a number of years there, mm -hmm. there were pretty much no way to communicate other than orally what had just happened. Yeah. Well, even when Jesus, during his ministry, uh, there's estimates that probably about 95% of the people he was interacting with were non-literate. Um, and the educated class, you know, would have been primarily the religious leaders, and they were the ones that were reading the Torah to the people. So people during Jesus's time interacted with the written word orally as a community. Um, and so then after Jesus, you know, and we can't get into Jesus's ministry styles. It's a whole other conversation. But um, he taught in a way that was oral friendly. And so after when he left and the Holy Spirit came and the church exploded, people were able to pass on his teachings, stories that he told and stories about him orally. And the way, we'll get into it later, but there's a way that oral communities protect accuracy. And that's one of the things that I've just become so fascinated with, but it by no means, uh, the written word is so important and it does, uh, the reason they wrote things down in the early church eventually was to help protect the accuracy. Um, but the way that the written word go gets into the community is different than what we experience today. Mm -hmm. So how does it work on the local level then? Mm -hmm. Do you have an example of 
of maybe a community that you went into mm-hmm. and how's it work from start to yeah. finish? So, uh, Man, this is there's so many different ways that uh, the gospel interacts with different, even just orally. Um, so what we, even just orally speaking, what happens is is that you have people, storytellers that will come in. I'll just use use uh, some of our partners in Africa, for instance. Uh, st- uh, the the storyteller or the poet is highly revered and honored um, and valued in oral communities. And so a lot of our, my African brothers and sisters, you know, when I'm in trainings with them, I'll ask, Hey, did growing up, did you guys have storytellers would visit your village? And, and all of them are like, yeah, we loved it when the storyteller would visit our village. And these weren't necessarily, you know, Christian or believers. This is just in their tribal culture. They had storytellers that had preserved their way of life and their, their legends and their histories. And they would come through and everyone would just gravitate towards them. And so these storytellers will come through and they, have memorized, you know, God's word, word for word, uh, specific stories, and then they give them to the people. And then there's ways that they, and this part of our training that we do is, is they, they help the group interact with the story and digest the story in a way so that by the time the group leaves their interaction with the storyteller, they have now had that oral story implanted and imprinted on their hearts. And so this story is able to leave uh, the storyteller and it leaves, it goes out accurately word for word. And there's a whole way that they do this. And we've actually, that's one thing Jim and Carla did was they, they observed how oral cultures preserve their stories and pass them on accurately and kind of transfer that, use that for engaging scripture. And so as these stories are told, these are, these are in some cases, they're already storytellers, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, they don't even know anything about scriptures in use. Mm-hmm. And so they travel and tell stories, and these cultures listen, and, and it's almost as a form of entertainment. It sounds like, yeah, uh, it is. I think what's interesting is that when I go into an area, and and I I I predominantly train uh, leaders, uh, Christian leaders, and pastors, and what we do is a lot of their training, uh, a lot of their ministry. I would say. You know, if we go back to the if we go back to the statistic that we were saying about seventy five percent of people are oral learners, or ninety percent of the unreached are oral culture learners, I would say probably about ninety percent of our Christian leaders around the world are trained in Western literate styles of ministry tools. So about most of our Christian leaders are trained with Western literate style ministry tools, and yet. Most of the audience that needs this learn in a different way. And so when I go in and I train these ministry leaders and kind of, you know, they're, they're coming from these oral cultures, but they've been raised up and trained in seminaries and, you know, like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not putting those down, but because we need those, but there's a part of when I interact with these leaders, there's almost a call for them to remember where they came from. How did you grow up? How did your parents pass on who you were? And so there's this, there's a call back to their roots almost. And when these oral culture leaders experience hearing the gospel in an oral culture way that they love and are familiar with, there's there's something that happens in them and there's an excitement and there's a joy to get to experience scripture, engage scripture the way that they're wired, the way that their culture loves naturally. Well, and I, when I think about our own culture for just a minute, it it's almost like 
our Western culture, in many ways here in the U.S., mm-hmm. is kind of reverting back to <laughs> a oral culture, right? Or not reverting back, but they're 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 turning into a culture that uses listening as a way to communicate. I, I, I'm thinking about podcasts. I mean, mm-hmm. ten years ago there was not really podcast was not a thing. Mm-hmm. And just within the last few years, podcasting, for example, has become a way for people to hear and learn about whatever it is they want to learn about. I think about books. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, an explosion of audible books mm-hmm. now. So technology has uh, helped in terms of orality. I don't mm-hmm. know whether those electronic or digital means are being used. Is that part of scriptures and use strategy? Because there's a lot of villages in Africa that mm-hmm. they may not have food to eat, but they've got an iPhone. I know, right? Yeah. So what we there's what we like to you know the audio audio tools and stuff like that. And this is a longer conversation, but what we have found is that the gospel in these oral cultures, you know, and and there's a lot that goes into the oral cultures, but relationship is such a huge part. And so what we find is that when the gospel moves into a community, an oral community, and it's coming from mouth to ear, and there's a relationship attached to this narrative, that's where it gets really powerful and really transformative. And so the aud- the audible versions, the, the recordings and stuff like that, what we like to think of those is like a vitamin. It's something that, that can help an oral movement an oral uh, discipleship movement, but anything that takes away from this relational mouth to ear way of engaging the gospel, um, it, that cannot be replaced. I mean, that is so crucial. And so the audio Bibles, if that's helping you memorize scripture and implanting on your heart so that you can inject these biblical narratives into day-to-day life organically, that's where it becomes really helpful. But as Americans, we get really caught up sometimes in the effectiveness thing. Well, how quickly can we do this? And to be honest, oral culture, oral learners, learning something this way, it, it is slower and it takes longer to do it. But it's the foundation. Building that strong foundation is what we're after. And it's, you know, kind of go slow to go fast kind of thing. <laughs> well, we saw this in we saw this in Jesus himself mm-hmm. as he was delivering. Uh, communication in in the form of parables, for mm-hmm. example. Well, Micah, th- thank you for for what you're doing. Uh, CCV is behind you. We talked earlier today about some people groups that CCV could get involved with. You know, maybe in the future we can have you back. Let's say a year from now, mm-hmm. where we can actually not necessarily share the people group uh, for security reasons, but at least share the sort of life cycle, if you will, mm-hmm. of going into an unreached people group with this this strategy to reach them through this orality mm-hmm. method. And so we'll look forward to having you back. So if if our listeners wanted to know more about Scriptures in Use, mm-hmm. where would they go? Well, our website is uh, scripturesinuse.org. Uh, so scriptures, uh, plural scriptures, N-I-N, and then use, U-S-E. Um, and then, uh, we've got online training videos there. Uh, we've got some more information, some videos you can watch, but that's the main way to interact with us. Yeah. Well, we'll certainly include all of those, mm-hmm. uh, in our show notes, mm-hmm. uh, as we normally do. And, uh, we will, um, look forward to having you back in the future. And as we close here, how can we pray for you? Oh man. Um, 
to be honest, when people get when when people catch wind of this, where they have this, I when they realize that I can be a hundred percent. 100% my people group and 100% obedient to Jesus. I don't have to leave my way of life and what I love about my culture. And they catch wind of that. There's 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 almost a desperateness to learn how to do that. Um, and so I would say right now, we have to say no to about nine out of every 10 requests to come train and equip people this way. And that's honestly, it's heartbreaking. And so we really, we just, you know, the Lord said, look at the harvest. It's ripe. It's ready for the harvest. We just need more workers for this. Um, and so we, we're just praying right now that Lord would continue to bring more people to work with us at SIU, um, so that we can make this available to more people. Cause everywhere it drops, everywhere this touches, we see amazing things happen. And so just that heart and desire for this to be available to more people, um, that's what we're really laboring, laboring in the Lord for right now. That's amazing. And so we will certainly do that, Micah. And so we look forward to having you back in the future Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, so good to be here. This has been Let's Go 360, your visibility into what God is doing worldwide as we talk with those living out the Great Commission, inspired by the Great Commandment, so that we'll stand with the great multitude before the throne when the mission of God is complete. May God bless you as we go and send those here, near, and far. Thanks for listening.